I'm Josh Escovito with Weintraub Tobin. And I'm Scott Hervey with Weintraub Tobin. We previously reported on the copyright lawsuit filed by the heirs of the author who wrote an article upon which Top Gun is based, alleging that Top Gun Maverick is an infringing derivative work. Paramount recently filed a motion to dismiss, arguing that the sequel to the 1986 motion picture does not infringe the copyright in Ehud Yone's magazine article. The district court denied Paramount's motion to dismiss. We are going to talk about this on this next installment of The Briefing by the IP Law Blog. In May 1983, California Magazine published the article Top Guns by Ehud Yone. This article was an inside look at the real Navy fighter weapons school Top Gun based out of Miramar, California. When the article was published, it was optioned and in the credits for Top Gun, Yone is credited as the original uh, on the original movie as a writer of the magazine article. On January 23, 2018, the Yones properly availed themselves of their right to recover the copyright to this article by sending Paramount a statutory notice of termination under, under the Copyright Act and then filing it with the Copyright Office. As we have discussed previously on this program, Subject to the satisfaction of certain conditions, Section 203 of the Copyright Act permits authors or their successors to terminate copyright assignments and licenses that were made on or after January 1st, 1978. Upon termination, all rights in the work that were covered by the grant revert to the author. However, any derivative works prepared under the authority of the original grant before its termination may continue to be utilized under the terms of the grant after its term after its termination but this privilege does not extend to the preparation of new derivative works after termination paramount filed a motion to dismiss arguing that the works are not substantially similar because the yone article is a work of unprotectable fact in order to state a claim for infringement a plaintiff must show substantial similarity between the works protected elements Determining whether works are substantially similar involves a two-part analysis consisting of the extrinsic test and the intrinsic test. The extrinsic test assesses the objective similarities of the two works, focusing only on the protectable elements of the plaintiff's expression. In its motion to dismiss, Paramount argued that in applying the extrinsic test and by filtering out the elements that are not protected under copyright law, that is, in facts, ideas, scenes of fare, which are situations and incidents that flow necessarily or naturally from a basic plot premise, and stock elements, um, filtering those elements out, the two works, the article and Top Gun Maverick, are not substantially similar. In its motion to dismiss, Paramount argued that all elements that are alleged to be similar the history and operation of the Top Gun Academy, that the pilots pull off risky aerial maneuvers, uh, the manner of combat training and the tactical discussions the pilots have, descriptions and depictions of fighter jets, including their costs, pilots doing push-ups and other exercises, uh, the use of call scenes, call signs as nicknames, and the depiction of the camaraderie amongst the pilots including bar excursions and games, are reported in the article, at least this is what Paramount alleged, they are all reported in the article as factual. And as we predicted, it seems that Yone's counsel was ready for Paramount and had evasive maneuvers ready to go. 
In reading the district court's denial of Paramount's motion to dismiss, the key argument which resonated with the court was, essentially, that it would be contrary to the Ninth Circuit precedent to dismiss Yone's case at such an early stage. Because the analytical dissection required to separate protectable from non-protectable elements, which also generally involves expert testimony, and thereafter the determination of substantial similarity between protected elements of works are usually extremely close issues of fact. The Ninth Circuit generally disfavors dismissals on the ground of substantial similarity at the Rule 12b6 stage. It's in opposition to Paramount's motion to dismiss that the Yones argue that but for Ihu Yone's literary efforts and his story's evocative prose and narrative, Top Gun and its sequel would not exist. The Yones argue that if Paramount was only interested in facts about the Miramar Naval Air Station, it would have drawn inspiration from the Senate report Paramount equated to Yone's article in their motion to dismiss. That was actually quite a funny line in their opposition. The Yones argue that it was the expressive imagery, the startling action, the character traits, and the themes contained within the original article that were the reasons why Paramount optioned the article in the first place. The Yones, in their opposition, point to a list of more than 70 alleged substantially similar elements between the original article and the sequel. And apparently, that was enough for the court. The court found that there are enough alleged similarities between the article and Top Gun Maverick for reasonable minds to differ on the issue of substantial similarity, including the filtering out of unprotected elements and that additional development of the factual record would shed light on the issues pertinent to the court's analysis under the extrinsic test. I don't know about you, Josh, but I think the court made the right call here. Uh, I mean, we both read this article. It's not a humdrum recitation of facts. It is a story. Mm -hmm. And while facts themselves are not protectable under the Copyright Act, the selection and arrangement of those facts and the manner in which those facts are expressed, those are all protectable. So given that the Yones were able to present the court with 70 instances of similarities, presumably not based on pure facts, I think a greater exploration into the similarities would really be necessary in order for the court to do justice here. I agree with that. As much as I have some frustrations with this sort of uh, situation when we're on the defense side of this, I think that in the interest of justice, uh, when you're faced with these issues, it is important that the matter goes beyond the pleading stage and there's actual discovery and, and true investigation into the issues. I agree with you, Josh. And I think maybe this is a cautionary tale for producers that are integrating facts into nonfiction works. They need to be careful uh, where they're getting those facts from, and they need to be careful that they're not incorporating uh, protected elements when they are trying to integrate facts. Um, we'll keep an eye on this case. We'll see how it develops, and uh, we'll report back if we have any more substantive rulings from the court. I agree. We'll keep an eye on this one, Scott. Thanks for sharing. Thanks, Josh. Thanks for tuning into this installment of The Briefing by the IP Law Blog. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and leave a positive review. And for additional content, visit our website at theiplawblog.com. And don't forget to keep an eye out for our 100th episode coming up soon. <laughs>